It's not about the technology, it is what you do with it. Welcome to Digital Dash. We are excited about the opportunities technology presents in our modern world, and we spend a lot of time tinkering with the use cases. Join us every week on our podcast as we share our findings and break things down into zeros and ones. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app, and enjoy this episode. So after a brief period in travel history, where there's been no international flights and countries had closed their borders, luckily, we are back to globetrotting again. And now, if you're a globetrotter like us, me and I today, who are the in-house roving ambassadors for Digital Dash, you'll be interested in what we're about to talk about. We're here to give you travel tech tips to make your international travel breezy and smoother like we always do it so stick with us i'm your host salam donyo and i have here with me mia kwe yeah here's the first thing you need to know when you're about to travel and you want to make your travel much much easier i think the most important part of the whole equation is to get familiar with the country you are traveling to and there's a checklist i want us to go through the first thing has to do with the language. Now, unless you are traveling to um, the US or the yeah, UK, the, the US or the UK is most likely you're going to have to learn a second language. And, and with my experience that I've had going around, I've realized that most people I've met on the I've met on the road are usually bilingual. And I think it's an added skill as a traveler to be able to communicate in the vernacular or local language of wherever you find yourself. So and the thing also is you don't really have to um, learn the language, but you should know the key phrases to 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 help you move around easily. Exactly. So there's one thing I I, I learned when I was on campus. So one time I was in the queue going to buy a watch, and there's this guy who was speaking Hausa with the watch seller, and someone asked him if he was Hausa. He could he could he was from the the north. Yeah, from the north or something. He was like, oh no, he just learns the ones he used to, <laughs> to buy the watch. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to buy food. And that's, so, that's exactly how to how to move around or how to be find your whole travel experience easier. Yes. Because at least you should know how to say welcome. Yeah, thank you. Um, hello, good morning, good evening. Where's the yeah. bathroom? Where's the bathroom? Exactly. Yes. The most important phrases. And there are two apps on my list which are going to get you there. The first one is Duolingo. It has been a very useful app and has helped me personally and with most of my travels, the lessons I've paid off, they are paying off. The second app I would also like to point out is Memrise. Now, Memrise operates a little bit differently from how Duolingo um, teaches the language, but I think having used both, I would prefer Memrise in its pragmatic approach to languages. Duolingo can be a little bit hit or miss sometimes, but its ease of use makes it the better of the two. In real time, when you want to learn languages, right, and and you want to learn the popular phrases like we advised, um, the, the go-to apps would be the Duolingo and the Memorize, right? But in cases where you don't have the time, it's a, a, a trip that you have to take as soon as possible. You can use offline translators like the Google Translator. How, yeah, it's so efficient. Exactly. How Google Translate works is, in case you see a text in another language, right, you can take simply take a picture of that text and it will quickly translate that that text for you into English or your preferred language. Also, you can use um, Google Translate to translate real-time speech yes, into, speech, yeah. into 
a preferred language. So let's say Salom is at this point, Salom changes into a Chinese Chinese person all of a sudden, right? <laughs> and he's speaking to me. I can easily take my phone and easily translate whatever he's he's going to say into English. Yeah, and it's 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 really 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 cool. And also the fact that you can also actually download offline languages, just in case you might not have access to internet all the time, you can download the languages that you're going to be encountering the most. Most naturally, if you're going to France, you could just download the French offline in Google Translate, and it will still work for you if you are if you're out of data or you're not connected to Wi-Fi, and you still have the need to understand other people. So we've conquered the first part. Get familiar with the country. Now, how do you get there? That 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 you're going to have to buy a ticket, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so this, this is, is a, the, this is where the money starts. You start spending the, the money. Yeah, this is where the money starts talking. So we have a few apps or a few ways by which we recommend purchasing airline tickets. So the first step you could use is. This is the first piece of advice I'll give you. Always buy an airline ticket in incognito mode on Google Chrome. Is there is there is there a version? Is there a parallel for that in Firefox? Yeah. So all all browsers now have incognito mode. Yes. Like Safari has one. Uh, Mozilla has one. So yeah, whichever browser you prefer to to purchase your ticket in, just make sure it's in incognito it, it, mode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because most of these websites have trackers which keep track of your activity, and then they adjust prices based on how desperate they perceive you to be at that moment. So, with incognito mode, you circumvent that uh, occurrence. The other part is you could install Tor. If you are a very technical person, <laughs> you could install Tor, and Tor basically works like a browser with an inbuilt VPN, so to speak. It's different from a VPN, but that's the best I can explain it to be. It has like an inbuilt VPN, which can make it look like you are browsing from another country. Now, if you know how airline ticketing works, you know that there's a lot of price discrimination, which tends to occur, especially if you are buying from an African mm-hmm. country. Yes, so if you want to circumvent that, you can install Tor, which is T O R, a very very useful browser. Now you can also use but the quick quick addition. So for 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 guys that can't um, or don't know how to install the Tor or don't want to install an additional browser, just like he's saying, the whole issue with the VPN, you can simply just download the VPN and just use that instead of use that in in addition to your Chrome or your Safari. And you get the same result as using the Tor browser. That's a very good point. So moving away from browsers, you can use apps as well to purchase airline tickets. So the first one I recommend is Kayak. Kayak, Skyscanner, and Expedia are airline ticket aggregators. As in, if you search for an airline ticket in any of these apps, they compare prices from several different carriers, several different airlines several different agencies and then I will get them into one list in order of your preference let's say from low to high or from the quickest routes and and it's I find it to be very very very, very useful and very good for getting all your results in one place to fly and kayak expedia and skyscanner are totally going to help you out with that you can sign up with these apps and also end points with the more like airline tickets you purchase and now still on money I'm guessing you're going to have to find a way to manage your spending when you travel. Now, the first recommendation I'll give you is to have some virtual card of some sorts. Now, last I checked, Bata by Flutterwave used to have a virtual card 
which you could access in their app. Meaning that you could load the card with, let's say, for example, Ghanaian CDs. And you could load it up with Ghanaian CDs, but you get the equivalent in USD, US dollars on your on your virtual card. I've tried that with BitSika too, but after the time of this podcast, I think BitSika is migrating from one card provider to another. So I'm not sure this feature exactly works yet, but I'm very hopeful that by in the coming months, this feature shall be available for use. Now, the advantage this gives you is that you don't have to deal with exchange rate fluctuations whilst you're on your trip. On my last trip, by the time I was leaving the country, the US dollar was 12 cities. And by the time I was buying things in Europe, it was 15 cities. So, as you mean, I had loaded up a virtual card with USD before I left. You'd have saved yourself all Charlie, the cities you lost. All the cities I lost, yeah, because it was really, really heart-wrenching. So, okay, so speaking, also speaking about the virtual card, so just in case you don't sign up to any um, virtual card app in Ghana before you leave, right? Um, I know for Europe, you can sign up to Revolut. Um, with Revolut, it's a little bit a little bit complicated because you have to take pictures of your your visa, um, send a picture, send a video to them saying, um, explaining why you want the whole card. But after you, you, you go through that, that process, their the app is actually solid you also get the virtual the virtual card feature so you can easily transfer from your Ghanaian bank account to the revolut virtual card and use it use it to to shop once once you are there or use it for for your activities once you are there also it, you have the option to request for a physical card and um, they have i think for for the uk their physical card was i think 5 pounds so once you get that, you, you you are sorted. Okay. And I think the last time you were in the UK, you, you also talked about using Monzo. Yes. So Monzo also is it's, it's similar to to Revolut. It's also a digital bank. Um, out, out, out there, digital banks are the thing nowadays. So you don't really have to... Once you're not, you're not, you're not a permanent um, citizen there, you won't be able to open a bank account. So you, you have to use a digital bank, which helps you to save their currency or transfer money from your currency to their currency. So Monzo sort of works like like uh, Revolut, but Monzo also is complicated. They don't allow just anyone to to sign up to, <laughs> to their platform. So yeah, you have to go through a lot of um, interrogations before you're able to before you're activate to your account. Act, access the system. Yeah. Well, at least the system is working. So. Yeah, the system always works. <laughs> yes. So assuming you are uninterested in accessing any of these services, you could still simply walk to your bank if you don't have a Visa card, request a Visa card, and also file um, a travel notification form. In my case, with APSA, anytime I travel, I'm traveling, I go to the bank and file a traveling notification form so that when my card is being used in another country, they don't flag and block the transaction. And this also makes like it keeps you open because actually when you're in Europe, for example, almost all transactions are cashless. So using a card becomes the preferred means of uh, payments and it's actually very smooth. Oh, funny enough, we didn't talk about Apple Pay and Google Pay. Okay. Yeah, so those those are actual um, other options for, for you to have a virtual card um, with with Apple Pay. So one thing I realized is, as Salem was saying, outside you really have to use cash. Everything is tap, tap and pay, tap and pay. So yeah, so I don't know how, whether all banks in Ghana have migrated to the contactless cards 
yet. But I think APSA has a contract. Yeah, I know APSA. I know Echo, Echo Bank has that, but I don't know about the other banks. So outside, you rarely use cash, right? So everything you have to tap and go. And with Apple Pay and Google, Google, I don't know about Google Pay because I use an iPhone. But with Apple Pay, once you have your card integrated with your Apple device, you can simply use tap with your your iPhone and you pay. It will be deducted. You verify with either your face or your your finger and that's it you're, you're done yeah I, I think i think i think i noticed people using this feature on the subway uh, when i was in portugal um people just tap and pay with their um apple pay i don't know too much about google pay but i'm, I'm assuming that since the uh mirror image images of each other they should work the google pay should also work, work yeah just like in, the, in, apple in the same works. yeah in the same vein now we've cleared the language you've cleared the purchase and the tickets and the spending when you travel now the next thing has to be the entertainment now <laughs> or most of the flights i've picked you'll be lucky to find a flight unfortunately i've noticed with the african airlines that some of the aircraft tend to be old um i think it's with ethiopian they have a few the they have a few planes which are quite like modern like the ethiopian has really invested in their in their aircraft and yeah. i think they are taking the african market yeah quite yeah. like far they have the 8350 wide body and that has an entertainment system with a sizable amount of movies music and books and games to enjoy when you're on board but assuming you are on a carrier that that does not have these or you're not interested in what the career has to offer your friends over here are your youtube your spotify and your netflix offline downloads so spotify has a feature where you can download music for offline use in a cache the same with youtube and the same with netflix and um these are my recommendations you look for the content you want to consume you download them in the background and when you're on the flight and you want to entertain yourself you just switch to any of these apps and you watch that show that you've been trying to finish up the movie you're trying to finish up or simply listen to some music and you know you'll be good the only catch with youtube offline downloads is the moment you go to um, a european country you you cannot access them anymore because in you in most european countries i don't know about the americas in most european countries in order to access the offline download feature you need to pay for youtube premium premium exactly yes you need to pay for which is actually a very good experience if you can afford it but if you can't can you day in your lane <laughs> <laughs> yeah can you day in your lane the other thing i would like to add is a lot of airlines have a virtual entertainment system that is what i'll call it you'll not see an entertainment system behind the seats or in front of you when you get onto the airline but what you see is that they have some kind of onboard Wi-Fi and this works with an app which the airline probably um, has on their Play Store or the iPhone um, App Store. I would like to use Air Maroc as an example. So you install the uh, app on the Play Store on Apple App Store and right up when you connect to the Wi-Fi on their flight, that's when you get, you get access to the entertainment system on your phone. So you can watch the movies and shows and whatever on like locally on your, on your phone you don't need you don't need to use a screen or something which can be both archaic and ingenious depending on how you want to look yeah. at it so just like you were saying some flights don't have that in um 
onboard entertainment system. Some also have that where you have you actually have the screen um, behind your the seats in front of you. And um, so once you once you board, they share um, they share headphone earpieces to to you to to view what you want to watch. The only thing is everything on on that system is either two years behind or you might most likely have already watched it so it's, it's always old stuff so that's how come we advise that you get that offline um you do you download offline videos on youtube or you listen to uh, music offline which might be more entertaining to you yeah that is pretty cool so one additional thing you should know about flying on planes not every plane has a socket to <laughs> Charge once again. Yes. My point about most African airlines not having really up to date planes or aircraft, except for some which I've actually enjoyed. You need to get a power bank. You don't have your device dying on you never for trip because you might want to take some pictures and all that capture every moment that you're experiencing. Especially if you have to meet somebody when when you land and your your device is dead. Your device is dead. <laughs> that can be the worst feeling ever. Like yeah. you you really do want to experience that. Now. When you land at the airport, you're trying to figure out a way to get from the airport to your... To your destination, right? Yeah, to your destination, right? To your hotel or wherever. I think we will recover that also in the next section. You are most likely going to have to resort to the use of a ride-hailing service. Now, Uber is the most popular one we know in so many countries. Like, I think almost worldwide, they have the, they have the biggest reach of all the other companies. Bolt is also available in a lot of European countries. Yango, I know in Russia and a few other countries, are not so much. There's one I discovered on my last trip called Free Now, which also happens to be quite popular. And uh, you see, my experience with these apps is that I noticed that the Uber and Boat we have in Ghana is kind of like Uber light. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's another thing we, that's up for discussion. Once you leave the borders of Africa, it's like your the phone, the device you've been using automatically or magically transforms into a different phone. Because once you land in another country, most likely an European country or North American country, the apps you are so used to, apps like Uber, apps like YouTube, they, they magically transform into apps, especially Google Maps, right? Yes. Anytime you land in another country, to make sure you're in that country, just open Google Maps. <laughs> to make sure you're actually, you've actually left the shores of Africa, right? Just open Google Maps and you'll be surprised by how um, the app um, transforms into a, a whole different app which gives you more features and more accessibility and um, options to do things you you you, you didn't think exist be, yeah, because you were... you didn't know about it, right? Yeah, exactly. So... As you said about Google Maps, one thing I'd like to point out here is that you'd want to download an offline map of the area that you're going to. To simply do this, just open your Maps app. In the search bar where your avatar or icon is, you tap on it. That is usually on the top right corner. You tap on it and it will open up a little window and you see offline maps. So when you go to offline maps, you select select your own map so select an own map will bring up this like crop like rectangle then um showing a map of the area you're in you can either zoom in or zoom out and it will show you how much data you need to download an offline map of that area 
and I use that a lot when I travel because it helps me navigate just in case I don't have data or I don't have access to Wi-Fi. It can easily help you nav navigate and save you a lot of headache uh, when you need to get from one point to the other. So you add this and you already have your apps, your Uber, your Bolt, your Yango or Freenow or whichever provider you want, ride hailing service you want to install or you already have installed. And I'm pretty sure you're going to have a very smooth ride from the airport to your destination. So now speaking of destination, there might be a number of ways you want to find a place to stay. And the first and most popular one, I think we all know, is Airbnb. Airbnb, yeah. <laughs> the popular Airbnb. The air, popular Airbnb. If you have Airbnb installed on your phone, finding a place to lodge in whichever country you are in is going to be quite easy. And then we've used the service. Um, I've used the service, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. So much less expensive than sleeping in a conventional hotel. Hotel, and also it feels like you are sleeping in an actual home. So you feel more at home, so to speak, like literally. And also you can make use of booking.com. Yes. Yes. For also, although booking tends to have more hotels and stuff, but I find that it's also an aggregate. You can also get the a cheaper, cheaper rates once you use booking, right? Yes. You can get very cheap rates once, once you use booking and also very convenient finding a place to stay when you move around. Now let's, let's, let's move away from accommodation. Let's think about data. Me, what has been your experience with data? Okay, so for data, so the thing with Europe is um, there's most likely Wi-Fi everywhere, right? Once once you land, once you land in the airport, you have free Wi-Fi. The the only place you might not get free Wi-Fi is once you're out of um, popular buildings, right? Yeah. So or you're walking on the streets. So that's when you actually need um, a SIM card to on you to to make you to have for you to have access to to data and one thing i realized is unlike ghana where data is gold right outside once you are not a citizen or you're you are a, vis, you are, um, a visitor, a visitor yeah. you just buy a prepaid sim card the or so it comes with allotted data data bundles so i got one which was 30 gig for for 20 pounds and I wasn't I was there for a whole month and I wasn't even able to exhaust the 30 gig which I found amazing because in Ghana I can use 30 gig in less than a month and yeah it was surprising to me so with with the data you once once you you just have to choose your 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 preferred carrier which which I don't think would be a problem and you are good to go yeah still on on data so with the preferred carrier, I also found I also found one solution with is uh, kind of like snake oil. This company called Leica Mobile, which apparently has coverage in most of the EU and America. So if you have a Leica Mobile SIM, it's basically like you can roam the EU and America with the same number, the same data, and the same services, and you can use it like everywhere without having to incur like any roaming charges. Getting a Leica mobile SIM is not very smooth. And I recommend that if you have a friend who lives overseas, they, they you sign up for you. Yeah you, you, yeah, you contact them so that they sign up for you. But once you have access to the SIM, I think you'll be sorted when it comes to the international travel. Now, the other advantage here is that you don't just get access to data wherever you go, but you can make calls as well from your Leica mobile SIM and vice versa. 
just like a local like landline. Okay, another option you can use is also um, roaming, right? Roaming services from your your networks here in Ghana. <laughs> that and I don't want to talk about <laughs> it because the, the last time I went to look at Vodafone's roaming packages, eh? <laughs> yeah. So the thing I heard about roaming, I've never tried roaming because I, I always hear it's expensive. I've tried roaming. You, 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 you talk. You talk about so. Um, I heard. I heard that when I call you from from Ghana, you pay for the charges. Both of us pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. So we calls the roaming charges differ from country to country. With MTN, I found them. I found like MTN charges to be actually quite on the manageable side when you are in an African country. Yeah, uh, it, it tends to be like much more manageable and milder. It's the rates are quite low because I was in Uganda the last time. I was I made a number of calls to Ghana, like, and I think the charges were not yeah. they're not that bad. The problem was once you cross the once you cross the sea, <laughs> once you cross the sea, the Mediterranean <laughs> into Europe, that's where the issues start coming up. So as Nee said, if someone calls you, and an, an amount to be deducted from your airtime and vice versa now mtn does not have roaming data packages for every country you might have to check the country you are going to they might have call packages but not data they might have um, usually if they don't have um, data packages they usually have call but in most countries they have both and with the data packages they are quite expensive for i was getting i had i think the last time i bought 500 megabytes of data for 40 cities which was the cheapest available and i think if you want to get um i'm not quite sure of the amount but if you want to get anything above 5 or 10 gig you'll be paying close to 300 or 400 cities i'll need to confirm this later but from my memory this is what i remember and the amount there just scared me and it was a bit unreliable at times so i ended up having to switch to a local sim in the country I was in. Now, b- back to Wi-Fi, and the rest of this is just going to be a miscellaneous list of apps which are going to help you, um, which you need. I mean, this is like a Swiss Army knife of apps which are going to, you know, make everything quite easier for you, and they are very handy. On the Wi-Fi, I would recommend installing Instabridge on your phone. So Instabridge is an app which has a, a public database of free Wi-Fi, worldwide and you can use it to find the nearest wi-fi hotspot in whichever country you are in there are a few other alternatives to instabridge like yman which is an android app and wi-fi maps which is available on ios another very good recommendation is avast wi-fi finder which you can also install on your phone and it can also help you find and locate wi-fi hotspots which are free for use and you know take the hassle of buying data off your neck um, in terms also in terms of um, transportation if you find yourself in the uk you can download the train line app um, you wouldn't be traveling everywhere in an uber right so um, this helps you get um, good rates on your tickets train tickets um, just in case you need to use the train and also um, coaches right if yeah. you if you need to travel travel across cities you definitely have to either use a train or use a bus a coach right so yeah, coach, you, you yeah. get good deals on on those tickets on those tickets yeah that's that's really true so a few other recommendations xe converter and currency 
Now, these two will come in handy when you need to make any currency conversions and they are very up-to-date and accurate, much more accurate than what you find on Google because I've come to notice that the exchange rates on Google do not accurately depict what you might have on the ground. Um, if you don't believe me, you can go and check Bank of Ghana's Twitter account. <laughs> the other thing is Gate Guru. So Gates Guru is an app you can install on your phone and this also has a database of airport restaurants and recommendations and where to find the cheapest deals on food. Airport food can be quite expensive, not can be, it's usually quite expensive. So if you want to find places at the airport which have um, cheaper deals or you're looking for a particular dish and you want to try it out, you can search in Gates Guru and you find it. One more app I would like to talk about is Calm Scanner. So um, what I use Calm Scanner to do is to create PDFs of all my essential documents. That is my passports, my um, cards, and all other things. This one is a personal one because it happened to me. Ghana doesn't have an exact database of uh, such documents, so to speak. Um, that is the brutal truth because you might have to go through a hassle to get most of them back. So use Calm Scanner or you can even use your camera to take a picture of these and install them to safely to a cloud account for your own good. Be your own database and save yourself. The last recommendation I want to give is an app called Seat Guru. I'm actually very big on seating when I'm buying an airplane ticket because I want to be in a particular part of the plane and I usually try and go online and find information about the flyer um, from Flight Radar. So if you go to flightradar.com and you input your flight, your flight um, number, they'll give you information about the plane and everything that you need to know, the plane model. So if I know the plane model, I can usually find out beforehand what I'm, what I'm to expect. As you mentioned early on about the entertainment system and all that, this is going to come into play. Now, Seat Guru also helps you know whether your seat is in a comfortable position, which seats actually recline on the plane, which seats are closer to the bathroom and all that. This might not be handy to you, but I've... I've I found it very useful personally to me because I like to be in a very comfortable part. Why don't you just buy business class or first class then? My money know they can catch. Everywhere right now to the exchange rate, Charlie. <laughs> so if you have been if you have been listening to us up until now, we've been on a flight talking about trips to other countries and how to make them quite easier using technology and apps we have around us. I have been your host, Salam Donyo, and I've had here with me... Niakwe. Yeah, the third guy today, who is the second guy, <laughs> talking about international travel. If you like this podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter as at AFD Tech Talk. Probably there might be some things we talked about you didn't quite connect to and you want to give your contributions or engage with us. Feel free to do so and we will be waiting to listen to you with welcoming arms. You can also subscribe to us in Spotify, in Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or any preferred listening outlet of your choice. You can leave us a review and you can also give us your feedback and a rating. And until the next podcast, I would like to say thank you for listening to Digital Dash and I will catch you. See ya.